Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Steven, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're joined by our friend Mark from Star Wars Report. Mark from Mark. Star Wars Report. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was uh, working on my droid in the corner. <laughs> it's okay. It happens to all of us. I know you were trying to get you, that. You know, you're trying to get R two to, to to. Well, I was waiting for Tom. I was like, I'll just go after Tom because they're going, you know, young folks first. You know, I'll just wait for Tom to do his thing and be close to my cue. I I, so, so, I knew so where we'd be at. You're hitting the old folk aspect. You're no, I just I just I just knew you were and I are, are scout dads, so we had that kindred spirit thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. Uh, but, well, it's good to have uh, you, Mark. It's been a while. I think. It has. It's been too long. It has been way too uh, long. I think the last time we had you on was oh, uh, oh before I guess fire you across. Born. Yeah, sure. Like that's possible. Uh, I want to say it was fire across the galaxy, actually. <laughs> um, so definitely, definitely glad to have you back on for this episode. And what an episode it was! Oh yeah. Um, I think uh, we can just dive right into the episode rundown if you want. We don't really have any official announcements, but one quick note. It is November, and you know what that means. Star Wars The Force uh, Awakens comes out next month. Woohoo! Cannot... See it twice, people. Oh. Mm-hmm. Cannot believe it. So close. I can taste it. Yet so far. Yeah, I know. The anticipation, it's going to be... You know what? It's going to be fun to hear the reaction once everybody sees it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, the, our fandom's gonna shift gears all over again <laughs> it, it's like uh that maze runner you know where everything's shifting around you okay we got a new we got new content what's everyone gonna react to it <laughs> yeah but in the meantime we have always two there are it is the fourth episode of season two and was written by kevin hops who is new to the series i believe mm-hmm. and uh directed by brad Rao. Uh, and in this episode, Ezra, Sabine, Zeb, and Chopper venture to an abandoned medical station to salvage supplies, but are interrupted by the arrival of the Inquisitors. So before they go to the medical station, which we've, we've seen before, and we'll, we'll get to that, um, we, we get this... It's becoming pretty regular, I think, for Rebels, where we, we start off with a little uh, Ezra training scene where Kanan's teaching Ezra how to use the Force, and then they, they go on their big mission. Yeah. Uh, this time, though, the the rest of the, the, the crew of the Ghosts is giving Ezra a bit of a hard time. Kanan's trying to teach him how to levitate. And what does Chopper do? And I think was was it Zeb or it was, Sabine who was... No, it was Sabine. Was Sabine, Sabine, Sabine was the one that told him to do it. Yeah, so Sabine and Chopper are, are there. <laughs> and Chopper basically, you know, uh, attaches himself to the ground uh, so that no matter how hard Ezra tries, he cannot lift him with the force. I was just waiting for, you know, Ashton Kusher to come out and, this episode of Punk, we're on the ghost. Watch as <laughs> Sabine gets Ezra <laughs> along with Chopper. <laughs> oh, it, it was so great! It was so great. Um, and, and and Rex is just there, like, what does he say? Something like, "Oh, next time, use the force to, or, or yeah, you, you, you know, something like, yo, you, you know, I think he said something about not being able to see with the force. And he's like, oh, guess your force can't tell you that Chopper's, you know, magnetically locking himself to the ground. Yeah, and use your was, eyes. That's yeah, what it was. Use yeah, your eyes. <laughs> yeah, but. It, the thing that really gets me on this is you've got Rex. He, he talks. He really was talking up Anakin, and yeah. th- there was there was a gentleman and I at work literally the other day talking about this, and we got into a, a thing back and forth about what what happened to Rex during the time of, of Order sixty six. We know that it was um, Captain Epo that was with Darth Vader slash Anakin at the temple, yeah. but but what happen to Rex to be go somewhere else and how does he not know or how okay the biggest question is does he think Anakin is dead 
was he killed in Order 66. And mm-hmm. how was how was Rex able to not possibly participate in Order 66? Because mm-hmm. there was the group of clones, which I was informed that it was in a comic book, that there was the group of clones that did refuse to Order 66. Right. But mm-hmm. how did they all survive without Darth Vader or the Empire eliminating them for basically disobeying orders? You know, I... I think this is going to be one of the things that, you know, Rebels is meant to be a show about Rebels. It's not right. like it, even though it inc- incorporating Rex and other Clone Wars characters, it's not meant to be a Clone Wars show. But what I think Dave Filoni is doing here is like, okay, you know, we know, we all know the Clone Wars fans watching, and this is my tease to you. This is going to be something you get little pieces of all season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read a really interesting interview with Dave Filoni. I think it was on IGN, actually, um, where they, they actually talked about this and how uh, everything we hear them talk about, you know, it, it was all planned out. They had full scripts for what happens with you know Rex and Order 66, all written and ready to go. They just never got to shoot it or you know animate it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. And so everything Rex talks about here, they, they know exactly what happened. Um, and so they, they kind of had to do this shift with the, the cast where, you know, especially, you know, D. Bradley Baker and Ashley Eckstein, where they're now, they've jumped forward and these things have happened to them, these major life events. And we, as the audience don't get to see them, but for them, it, it's just something that happened in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, it is what it is. Um, and so they'll reference it, you know, you know like, oh, I fought from, uh, I fought with you know Ahsoka from the Battle of Christophsis to the Siege of Mandalore and stuff, and we might not get, we almost certainly will not get all of the explanations um, about what happened because Dave Filoni, his hope is that one day he'll be able to tell these stories in some form, uh, and he doesn't really want to ruin that. Uh, now we do some of the suspense I think w- is gone now that we know that they survive. No, it's not going to be like, oh, will Ahsoka die? Will, will Rex die? Because we know they're going to show up in Rebels at this point. Uh, kind of like we had throughout most of the Clone Wars um, with, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan and stuff. But well, they have Filoni, all these scripts written. Yeah, yeah, Mark? Well, well at the uh, Celebration Anaheim, it was either at the Bad Batch panel or the Untold Clone Wars. Uh-huh. He had talked also about this and had mentioned how by not following through with order 66, it was going to put some of the clones in a bad position because they would essentially be traitors. Now, uh, uh, Tommy, you had mentioned the comic dealt with that and and Kane in the last Padawan uh, dealt with that specifically. Um, I was just rereading that again Mm -hmm. today and uh, gray uh, commander gray uh, and styles uh, were the two Jedi that were there and they were talking about how for them, when it happened, they couldn't think of anything else, but complying with that order. Mm -hmm. But Commander Gray later came around and did what was right after the fact, after he dwelled on it for a while. But I and William, you were talking about how, you know, they, they give us moments in the dialogue. And Rex had talked about how during that moment, you know, he didn't turn on his Jedi is how he right. put it. You know, he was very elusive about it. And then he showed the point on the chip. But I remembered what Filoni had said talking about that, that that uh, as he put it, Fives talking to Rex about it kind of woke him out of the spell and allowed him to think outside the box and go and get that chip removed. And then he was hinting and, and, you know, kind of hemming and hawing without giving us too much detail about what that would look like them being traitors in that moment, which Mm -hmm. that was immediately what I was thinking about. And one of the things Rex had said when they were first mentioned was that he didn't give some of these locations to the empire and I was curious as to the the choice of words there, you know, because I was like, well, okay, if he'd have left the Republic while it was still the Republic, he would have said, well, I didn't give it to the Republic. But he said Empire, which gave me the opinion that he definitely was serving under the Empire once mm-hmm. it became an Empire. Oh, definitely. So oh, yes. he was clearly doing something for the 501st because he wasn't with Commander Apo mm-hmm. when they did Nightfall on the Temple. Uh, right. And I, I'm in that boat with you, Tom. Like, I, I want to know, even if they do it subtly where we get something here or there, because we don't know exactly how Rex is going to react when he discovers that Anakin is Darth Vader, because clearly right. he doesn't know. He I doesn't mean, he's know. still got that right. hero worship of Anakin, even though he didn't drop Anakin's name. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And I think that's that's going to be what the 
that's gonna be the, the I think a recurring theme this season because so far we're, we're we're three episodes in, and in every single episode we've had this discussion, you know, yeah. uh, and it's still completely valid, and they, they give us a little more more hints every single time, but you know what happened to Rex and the rest of the clones? Why are they still so, sort of, kind of, until, you know, the beginning of the season, serving the Empire, even though they're in retirement? But if they are serving the Empire, why don't they know that Anakin turned to the dark side? Why weren't they with right. him there at Operation Nightfall? There's all these questions that, right. you know, we just oh, I'd love to get answers to. And I, I'm sure and Dave Filoni would love to tell us. Sure. Yeah. For me, it gets, it gets back to that chip in their head, because yep. I still take it as that chip in the head the empire could have used it as well technically they are human but they could still be droids and the empire could have easily with that chip in their head shut down all the clones right just totally turned them off right well, and, and that's the soldier head. talk side i mean right. you know the soldiers in the 501st talk to each other and apo when he stormed the jedi temple he did it with darth vader anakin yeah. as darth vader yep. so i mean that like, how did he go about covering that part up? Like, I've always been curious of that, especially when, when you've, you know, back in Legends read stories that Karen Travis did where you get these really good relationships with some of the clones and their commanders and stuff. And yep. and the Clone Wars always gave you that feel with Rex and Anakin. Like, they were really close. Yeah. You know, in the comics, we had Alpha that served that role. But for all intents and purposes, that was Rex, you know, in the suit, even though it wasn't. But... Right. I don't know. And, it's and one and of those aspects I've wanted to see. And why wasn't Rex by Anakin's side during Nightfall if they were right. you know, always so close? And yeah, mm-hmm. why was it Apple? So Apple? many questions. So many questions. So mm-hmm. I, I I don't think we'll get an answer, um, at least until Dave Filoni gets his opportunity to tell these stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's one of those things that just constantly has me wondering. Yep. Well, so. Fulcrum's been big in season one. We find out Fulcrum later is Ahsoka. So there's a tie there that, you know, some could argue, well, we don't want too much Ahsoka because it's too much the Clone Wars. But the way she was introduced, she was introduced in a sense as an original character to the story. And they later were like, hey, we can, you know, sew the two together. So I I keep thinking that the reveal of Anakin is going to be part of the big payoff of this season. And Mm -hmm. I think Rex is going to be one of the angles that they really play up because mm-hmm. I, I feel like we yeah. see and that Ahsoka has a feeling, mm-hmm. even though she hasn't like the light bulb hasn't one hundred percent gone off. Oh, she knows. She knows. She? Oh no, she knows. She, she knows. definitely knows. I, 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 she doesn't have that that like oh my god I can't deny it. Like I just feel yeah, like okay. she wants to deny it right now. That you're probably right. I think she she had this feeling. She believes it's probably true, but she she needs the evidence first. She needs to confirm it in some way. But the cool thing, though, about Rex being here, though, is is you get to see the type of relationship he had with Ahsoka with Ezra. And I, I like that it brings mm-hmm. conflict up for Kanan. Like I said, I was just reading the Kanan comic again. Mm-hmm. And so seeing him bantering again with the clone, because, you know, when the scene happens and, and Commander uh, Gray does what's right, you know, Kanan talks about how he's lost the only friends he's had. Uh, and so it, it was interesting to see him having this moment. And Rex is telling, you know, Ezra and Kanan, you know, well, what do you needs his training from a soldier <laughs> right <laughs> and, and completely Kanan's just in like, Kanan. yeah he's like what the heck mm. man like that was a great moment there oh yeah oh yeah so we kind of we, we finish up this this initial training scene and Hera gives them a mission right they thanks to all the information from Rex and, and the clones they have a list of potential locations for bases and equipment and they find out that this old medical facility from the Clone Wars, the medical station, uh, might have a bunch of supplies that they can they can use. So they uh, they hop on the ship, and Ezra actually sneaks on board. It was only supposed to be uh, Sabine and uh, and Zeb and Chopper, and he sneaks aboard. I, I, I... I don't think I would have called it sneaking on board. I think he got tired of Rex and Kanan going after each other. <laughs> I have the feeling that's a regular occurrence now on the ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. But did did it's this scene... is pointless. Right. And and also, does it kind of seem with this episode that Hera's being a little underutilized? Oh, totally. I think she always has been. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and I it's pretty sad because she is a good character. And I'd like to see her utilized just a little bit more. And I think this one right now, it stuck out for me because it's almost like she bookend the episode with nothing in the center as a filler. Yeah, I feel like she's routinely stuck on the ship, and I hope she gets to 
get off the ship a little bit more right. going forward. Because yeah. uh, that is something they've talked about wanting to explore her backstory and Sabine's backstory in this season. Yeah. Yeah. And they have to explore her backstory because there is a thing that is in the show notes that I see at the end of the show that they have got to explain and not spoiler alert, they need to get around and explain the relationship between Kanan and, and Hera. Mm. So Well, she's anyway. got such a rich backstory already that, that you just have this feeling at some point they're really gonna bring the magnifying glass underneath it, bring it to focus and raise it to our attentions. Right. You know, you've seen trailers and stuff of her in a B Wing. So I mean clearly we're gonna see more of her piloting skills, but there is so much more to this character than what we've seen just behind, you know, the shuttle controls. Oh, right. For sure. Right. For sure. So uh, they they hop on the ship, and so I know this is a, a medical facility we've seen before. Is this? Uh, I, I believe Tom, you were saying it's it's actually the medical I think station. It is. Oh, you, you think or, or I wasn't sure well, if this was a, a theory or something. You know, because it, it looked to me like I know it's based on the Kalita Shoals Medical Center from the Malevolence arc, but it doesn't sound like it's the exact same one. Um, I trusted. Wikipedia, if you okay. want to trust that. Mm-hmm. And they were saying it's, it's the one on Ord Cestus? That's, that's what I was able to pull uh, out of it. I mean, okay. naturally, you don't want to trust anything, and I've said it for a couple other sites. You never trust anything from a Wikipedia article because people post whatever it is. But I figured that, first off, I thought it was pretty cool that it did look like it because it actually referenced back to the Clone Wars episode, Brain Invaders. But, you know, that's yeah. what I dubbed. So. I mean, speaking of brain invaders, this whole thing was very much, um, it, it was perfectly timed with Halloween. I know. I was going to yeah. say, it had that great back to Halloween. Yes. Yeah, it was. Um, they actually, Chopper the, the, scenes were. <laughs> oh, yeah. With, with Chopper's doing the little echo down the hall. And, yeah. and see, you know, it was it was uh, one of the Inquisitor's little droids, but it looks like a mouse droid at first. You know, it's like really low to the ground and yeah, creeping up the, over uh, everything and echoing everything droid. back. Yeah, it, it had this very much a thriller kind of vibe there. And then, you know, you have Chopper's cry for help. You're like, uh-oh, things just got ugly. <laughs> oh, sorry. You said you said uh, thriller. So anyway. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, the, the little, the, the tiny little seeker droid, the, uh, the ID9 um, droid was really cool. Uh, oh, yeah. Like the design of it. And... It's, I mean, I, I like that it looks kind of like a mini probe droid. And yep. as we see throughout this episode, they are clearly no slouches when it comes to, well, anything. No. They're able to follow Sabine uh, and, you know, Chopper throughout. And then they've got that little shock attack, which is oh so fun, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and Chopper being attacked was a great way to serve splitting the group up. You know, Ezra's yes. like, take the shortcut. And then Zeb getting caught. Like, when Sabine comes back for him and he's still stuck in it, I don't want to die <laughs> like this on the rest of my part. I was just, I love Zeb more and more just because of the dialogue. Like, the character, he's always reminded me of of uh, Jane, uh, the hero with no fear from uh, Firefly. Firefly. But, yeah, but his dialogue just makes the character so fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, there so was I, something else. Uh-huh. I just want to bring up one other thing. There was something else that started happening a bit in this episode that we saw mostly in the first season. They had that little camaraderie between Zeb and Ezra, where it's like, well, I can beat you to the punch. Well, I'm going to find the supplies first. No, I'm going to supply, you know, find the supplies first. So that little competition came back between the two of them that yeah. kind of, you know, you missed a little bit, although it was funny to see. Uh, Ezra turn around and hit his head on a a beam that was right there and knock him out. I mean that was, well, that was uh, it, the other great thing about that though. Forced, it, was, but... it was a little okay. You know what? I'm well, with you, Tom, because that that relationship's evolving. Because you'll notice that Zeb was encouraging Ezra at first. You know, hey, use yes. your force powers. You know, and then Ezra yeah. does a classic like Johnny Flame or Johnny the Torch to the thing, where he's just like, I don't need my powers. I can whoop your butt with one hand behind my back. <laughs> and then bam, right into the post. I, I did that enjoy was, the rivalry I love Sabine's them, reaction though. too. You were saying? Yes, <laughs> I did enjoy the rivalry between them though. Uh, and how they, they both wanted to find the medical supplies first. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the process, we are introduced to two new Inquisitors. We get the fifth brother, mm-hmm. who we saw at the very end of the last episode. 
And then there's the seventh sister. Mark, what did you think of the fifth brother? He's this this new guy. We, we've never seen a species before. We don't even have a name. For I, yeah, the fact that we didn't have the name of the species was kind of cool. He had a skin-wise, a Nagri-type feel to him, mm-hmm. even though yes, you know he was yes. way too tall to be a real Nagri. But I, I was interested in the fact that he had his lightsaber in the same tron-like feel of the discs like yep. the uh, grand inquisitor does and i noticed too that the uh seventh sister did not she wore hers on her belt so when he was first no, no, introduced no, she, she had a circular one too not. they both had circular no but it wasn't attached to her but, back uh you know oh, the fifth i see i see yeah, yeah, yeah. Back, so i was you know I, I picked right up on that right away and then when she was introduced i was like oh well okay so it isn't an inquisitor thing because i thought at first that would have been like the standard garb for all the inquisitors because okay mm-hmm. you got the grand inquisitor has his there kind of seems cool you know you got the uniform look you've got the uniform you know holster kind of like how cops have the shoulder holster right underneath their arm kind of thing you got that sense of this is how they're supposed to wear their, their lightsaber and then of course you know uh seventh sister out and hers was in a different spot which was cool for the character but it threw away my theory right out the window i'm like oh right. man but yeah i mean that was the kind of stuff i was picking up from him and when he comes after Ezra, when she gets there first, I thought that was interesting because there was like a competition there. I don't know. Mm. This may be a little before some of you guys' uh, time, but it reminded me of Midnight Run, uh, the rivalry between the bounty hunters on that show. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Before before their times? Dude, seriously, <laughs> what are you saying about me? <laughs> I knew you'd get it. Yeah. I know I got it. I, I also like the, the little scene where uh, we were with Callus on the, on the ship and they're, they're talking about how they, they they find this signal from you know Sabine and, and, and Chopper and Ezra turning on and Zeb turning on the uh, on the station and it's almost like an empire like a oh is you know that's nothing it could it's probably no, it nobody and, and the fifth world like no that's it they're there uh, I sense yeah. those are the ones we seek and and, and they kind of they go after them and, and all of the Imperials are like oh they kind of blowing off his powers like oh you mystics are unnecessary why does vader insist on sending them to to help us uh, but callus callus even put him down by looking at the fifth brother going one of your disturbances i assume i mean <laughs> right there and then you know the, the exactly. fifth brother just blows him off and he just goes off by himself to go to the medical station yeah which was which was really interesting uh to to see and then you've got the seventh sister with her little droids uh, she's a, the ID nines. She's a, uh, Muralian, but you know, I, I, th- I thought she was her, really cool. Her voice was interesting. Her voice was amazing. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so she's got the mask and I liked the reveal later on when her mask comes up to talk to Ezra. Mm-hmm. She's got a creepy face to go along with a creepy voice, but the voice was still there, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. It was well, like this, this almost this echoey, um, mystic voice, kind of, kind of like the, almost like Mother Talzin. Yes, yeah, not quite as much, but on that on that level, yeah. a reverb feeling. Yeah, too. exactly. Did you guys catch what she said to Ezra though? She said something that jumped right out to me like like a hot poker to my butt. Okay, <laughs> she was talking <laughs> that about is the Ezra. Strangest analogy, but God, Mark, yes, that's yes. the first time we ever said, heard that on this podcast. So, so she's talking to Ezra about how his training wasn't complete because her his master's training wasn't complete, but uh-huh. she was hinting that she would be the one to finish his training. And I was like, oh, yeah. the way yeah. she said it, it's like, wait, so you've been trained as a Jedi? You know, which the the glowing Bantha in the room here is is some people have suggested that she might be uh, Barriss Offee. Uh, so could you just imagine with some little, you know, tattoo uh, removal and put new tattoos like on? She doesn't Offie. look like, but the dark side can do some damaging things to people over time. Uh, granted, She's you know, that, that's just a wild leap. But the fact that she said the way uh, she said it about the right. Jedi training yeah. hinted that she at one point was that's a true. Jedi Knight because she that's hinted true. about it being a full Jedi well, Knight. To be fair, Barriss Offee was also a Muralian. Same species. Yeah, but she, I don't think she actually, did she get her knight status before she was uh, declared Paris? a traitor and locked away? So. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, so yeah. That, I mean, that's the big hole in the theory right there. Oh, see, I read her that scene is she's she's not quite ready to turn Ezra, but she's testing the waters. Like, oh, yeah. let's float out some, some you know, traditional what? Sith. Ah, oh. oh, join me. Yeah, and she wants to know if you will get the power. Learn. 
One of the things I want to talk to you before we get away from this, though, is before that moment happened, you have uh, Sabine protect Ezra. She starts shooting. She's like, run. And they mm-hmm. start running. And, and the seventh sister grabs his legs and he falls down. Oh, and boy. he recognizes yeah. that they're doomed. And the only thing he can do is sacrifice himself. He stabs through the control panel and it drops. And he's just like, you know, save yourself kind of situation. Right. I thought, you know, I, I, I've, I've been out there about it from the start i have been shipping these two for a long time (laughs) i want to see a a, a slow progression of a relationship and these are the type of moments that i really think are going to endear ezra to sabine like she's already there she's seeing him more as a warrior every day but now she's starting to see that he's willing to sacrifice for her and you know it's not just that he's a warrior that he actually looks up to her as well as adores her and that moment like I, I don't know. There, there's some about the way he sacrificed himself there that even though I knew he wasn't going to be dying, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe he just did that. Yeah, he was ready, I think, is what I'd say. Like mm-hmm. that, that whole scene was no, really cool. There was no hesitation in his mind. No, there was no hesitation. But but is he doing it that way or is he doing it because he's part of a crew and he would do that for the crew? It's probably a little bit of both. Not just her. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Mark, I love your theory. I would love to see if that does come to fruition as the episodes go, because you never know what may happen with, let's say, an offspring that could travel into episode seven. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know. Um, so or yeah. any of the and, other and species wise, this is your clearest, you know, for that route. Like Ezra, you know, he's got the be- only shot there. Kanan, there's nothing going to happen with him and Hera. <laughs> That's a dead root. Oh, geez. Okay. So, um, but uh, I mean, Tom, you're right. That, 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 and, and Mark, actually, that, that scene where um, Ezra is being pulled back, uh, was it by the, by the, by the, by the ID9 droids? It was by his legs. As, yeah. yeah, by his legs. The ID9 droids are, are dragging him. He's like clawing at the floor. It was like straight out of a, out of almost like a horror film or something. Oh, yeah. But I, I loved that the thing I, I really liked about this was, um, there was there was the music when you see the seventh sister and it's very much like the grand inquisitor's music with mm-hmm. the, the chorus uh but this time it's a female chorus instead of the male chorus it was you know it was, it was all women which is really interesting so it kind of had that uh it fit her her more and then just to see the dynamic between the fifth brother and the seventh sister and how they're really in, in, in competing with each other right mm-hmm. but she uh, seems to be the one that's got her Sith together kind of thing. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I think that's a great idea when you have a character like Hera, who's in a sense, the leader of the group, uh, you know, for our crew of rebels, she's the heart of the rebellion. And then you've got Sabine, who's proven to be a, a very capable warrior as well as techie. And so she's got that, you know, the color, uh, side of it. So now you've got this dark evil chick, which, which was where I wanted to ask you guys, you know, of the two, which one seemed to be the more, I don't know, bigger threat, which to me it was her because she seemed to be the one that was more calculating. Yeah, I think, uh, it was I think her. the seventh the seventh sister seems more um she I, I would say more calculating. She, she's more maybe. um she's more gonna mess with your head. I think I think she's more she's she's more the Grand Inquisitor type because even though he was the Grand Inquisitor, she she was on that level, maybe not at his above level. Right. But she was not the brute. Right. the brother. Yes, but I think she they're, was they're like both a fast. grand inquisitor on deck. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the probably. Way, well, you, 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 I don't know if you're joking, Mark, but I think she does say that the grand inquisitor, the death of the grand inquisitor, while it was you know it's all sad for all of them, opened up this opportunity uh, for them to kind of rise to the top, and so mm-hmm. you can see them competing throughout the whole episode. And I think yeah. there's one point when the brother says, "Oh, what did he? What did Ezra tell you?" And she says, "Nothing. I want to share." Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, and and to see how they're constantly competing, even though they're on the in theory on the same side. Uh, see, and that's a great power struggle that I really think you need. You know, one of my favorite series in Legends was the New Jedi Order, and it gave you the insight into Naminor, who was one of the bad guys. You know, and when you have that, I mean, we have it with Callus, but Callus 
isn't being as, as utilized as I would have hoped, but I like how they're doing it with him against the Inquisitors. And now, you know, if you're going to not use him as much, at least make these Inquisitors time have more bang for their buck. And so far with this power struggle, this is this is doing it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's one of the angles that having the Imperial presence, giving you the insight to what's going on on that side, it gives you more in terms of era building than yeah. just the story of the Rebels. Yeah, and, and, and while the Grand Inquisitor might be dead, we're still learning information about him uh, you know, through these other Inquisitors. Like We know that he's the Grand Inquisitor now. It's the first time this, that's been said uh, in the show. Yeah. Well, he threatened uh, that more were going to come. I mean, di- I mean, that was right. a flat-out threat right before he died. You're like, uh-oh. Yeah, exactly. And it, so did you guys watch Rebels Recon for this episode at all? Yes, I did, because I posted it on our Facebook page. This was very interesting. So Dave Filoni is talking about the Grand Inquisitor and how we'll learn more about him over the season. And he does say that we've already seen the Grand Inquisitor before in the Clone Wars. He was was in the Clone Wars. We just didn't know who he was. So do you guys have any theories on when we might have seen this, this Grand Inquisitor? Just one that jumps out, and okay. it's, it's probably the latest theory you have, so I'm going to throw it out right away. We saw him at the tail end of the Clone Wars when Kenobi said, if you have any warriors, now is the time. Okay, so that's an interesting question. I interpreted it as the Clone Wars TV show, not in the Clone Wars as depicted in both the TV show and the films. Yeah, I went with the cheap out. <laughs> but so that's no so fair, question. Or, I knew or, I would, really, there's too many opportunities for me to get it wrong. I, I would never get the name Mark, of the episode. That's right. a perfectly valid one, right? Maybe he is Tion Madon, and somehow, uh, you know, having already worked sorta ish with Grievous, you know, he he's now involved. He somehow gets involved with the the Inquisitors. I don't know. I would see it more as like, you know, the Jedi got snuffed out through the Clone Wars and he saw what the Jedi could do. And so, hey, wait, you've got this Inquisitors. They sound very much like a Jedi. Hey, uh, maybe I can sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My theory, he I'm trying to think because we don't see many, um, uh, many of the the Utai. This is where you're Googling it now, aren't you? No, no, no. (laughs) I'm just thinking about this off the top of my head. I wonder if Dave Filoni's counting the um, the the Clone Wars story reels on Utapau. The 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 Christ. Uh, what was what was the name? Yeah, the, 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 oh. the one that was never finished. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Oh, that would actually like, be really cool if he was, because typically I would say no, because you know he he was hemming and hawing about bad batch counting and not counting. Remember, he had mm-hmm. said it counted as canon to everyone in the room, but that was as far as he would say. Right. Uh, but this would be a way that that would legitimize some of that if that were true, though. Uh, you know, if it was a character that was only shown in those reels, and then bam, we're like, oh, hey, well, but now that character's here, and yes, that was that character from that. There would there would be a legitimizing of those uh, for those that argue that yes, they are canon, even though Filoni my opinion, say. yeah, but my opinion, that stuff is canon. I'm sorry, you show it, it's up there, it's canon. <laughs> Done. I... Although yeah, I'll be fighting myself it's, later about it's it. It's one of those mysteries where. If, uh-huh. When I go back and rewatch the Clone Wars, I'm like, "Is that him? Is that him? No. Yeah. That him? yeah. Oh wait, that guy dies at the end. Never mind. Wait, maybe he came back. I don't know. I mean, there's not. We don't see many of those that, of that species in the Clone Wars. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to think who could he possibly have been. I don't know. I mean, he, he's it, a Palin. I don't know. I don't know. I'm very very interested. Revealed at some point. Maybe we know it's not Krell. The only thing I can think of is that Utapau arc, but yeah, well, well. So actually, going back to the actual episode, kind of roping us back in a little bit. Okay, Tom. We were okay. (laughs) We were talking about earlier about you know who we think is more dangerous, the fifth brother or the seventh sister. One of my favorite scenes of the episode is when Sabine runs to Zeb and they're deciding they have to rescue Ezra, Mm -hmm. so they set a trap. Um. And they're hiding behind a bunch of bins. Yeah, I guess I watched yeah. that one. Um, <laughs> they're hiding behind a bunch of bins, and you know the fifth brother's there, and he's like, you know, your fear betrays you. 
And I'm like, oh, crap. There, here he comes. And he starts walking down, and we see the thermal denim's like, oh, okay. They're Zeb and Sabine, you know, they knew he would find them. And then he stops, and he pauses, and he picks them up, and then he throws it at them. And it was just, oh, it was bad. Mm-hmm. I did not want to be Zeb or Sabine at that moment. Well, you couldn't be Sabine because Sabine was captured. And what happens right. with Zeb, he looks at the droids, and he has the droids go dispose of Zeb. Yeah, it, it, it the, the fifth brother is really cool. He's very menacing. He's much slower, lumbering, but he's able to thwart really anything that you throw at him. Um, and he, he basically ca- he captures Sabine, just like throws her over his shoulder, and uh, tells the droids, eh, "Do whatever the heck you want with Zeb." He's got like a Arnold Schwarzenegger, I am the Terminator kind of feel to him. You know, he's like slow, methodical, like that. Dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> That's 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 a that's a good analogy. Um, so, so that that, that was a very interesting interesting part. Uh, Sabine and and Ezra end up getting back together because uh, the, they're both captured now. And uh, you know, I, I think what, what, uh, oh no, but before Sabine shows up, actually, she she talks to Ezra. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. She talks to Ezra about the Jedi and how they're all dead and, and Ezra claims them. not all of them. And she says right away, Oh, we know about Ahsoka Tano. And I, I suspect that's because Darth Vader mentioned it to them. Cause he's also sent Ahsoka. Be. Well, yeah. That, that's well, yeah. In itself, Cause Palpatine yeah, she, knows about her. Yep. Does yeah. He? And then, Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. He does. Oh yeah. Yes, because yes, yes. They, they talk about it. I forgot. I mean, Sorry. at some point, you know, Ahsoka's well, days are numbered, whether it is, you know, her staging a death, the death of Ahsoka Tano, uh, or, or the character flat out dying, at some point the Empire is not going to stop until they have her head on a pike. Right. Yeah. But I really like well, the scene where we get Ezra and Sabine kind of talking about what's going on, but trying not to reveal too much. Mm-hmm. And then... We got to what I think was maybe my least favorite part of this episode, where they get the call from I don't remember oh. the name. Like, um, hang on, you, I've got that. In the, it was I tried to sound it out. Commander, oh, like Melarun. No, 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 no. It's uh, Melurun. It's the Mel- it's the it's the name that they come up with in oh, Fighter Flight. That's named after the fruit. Remember, they're they're, they're trying to come up with oh, a fake name. Right. Like, okay. Commander, uh, and they yeah. think of the fruit. And they're like, oh, Melurun. Come on uh, now, that was that was brilliant Zeb action oh, right I there. Love it. I that, love that's it. like that's like borderline Han Solo. That We're all makes good me feel here right now. Okay, thank I'm you for correcting the spelling though. But... Oh yeah, but uh, it was so you know Zeb is obviously trying to set up another trap, and I was, I guess I'd say a little weirded out by the fact that both the seventh sister and the fifth brother were so willing to go along with it. That they didn't just notice it right away. I I feel like they should have noticed that. See, what well, the weird thing for me was, what the heck was Chopper doing on the roof? <laughs> I'm like, wait, he's maglocked to the roof. Why? You could be maglocked. I mean, why why well, did you do that? Did the only thing I could think of is, is Zeb was doing another jerk move, and he launched the ship and rolled it real fast, and Chopper didn't have a chance, so he was already on the roof. Um, not Tom, excuse me, Mark. Mark. Didn't you see Ender's game. There is there is no up or down. The enemy's <laughs> gate is down. Okay. Uh, no, I, I actually I like that though. You know, because the, the the phantom was hanging upside down on the on the top of the the, the hangar, the docking bay, and so I could see Chopper just chilling on the on the ceiling or the floor in that orientation, um, and then all of a sudden Zeb flips it over, and so now he's he's hanging up. Chopper's hanging upside down on the top of the roof as they're flying away, uh, and rescue them. I did feel like it was almost too easy well, yeah. for them to make their escape. Um, well, that's, so that's, so that's, let's, let's ask a question real quick. Okay. Do we know if the Phantom was ever docked and left alone on the ship where they could have put a tracer on it? Yes, it was, it was. because I believe when they left, it was left inside that bay. Dun, yeah. dun, dun. That would make so. me feel slightly better, because what was bugging me was... The two Inquisitors are like, ah, okay. 
So they're coming in for repair. Let's walk into the hangar bay and wait for them. Right. Aren't they going to notice that, that, like... I would, like, look up and notice, yeah. 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 No, no, well, no. Yeah, but the look up piece. It's the, wouldn't you, like... Okay, so you're expecting another ship to come in with Kanan. They're why clearly going to try to pull something. Why, right. well, no, why are you waiting in the docking bay? Yeah. Like, any other place where they're not going to, like, Kanan comes in. Oh, are those two Sith sitting down there? Maybe I'll turn Steven, around and leave. Let me shoot Steven, my... Yeah. Steven, it's the seventh sister. She already said we're going to use them as bait. Yeah. The bait was to draw Zeb away from the ship long enough for her to go and put the tracker, and then they moved them to bring him back to the ship so they could get them all back onto the ship. I mean, she clearly pulled the Darth Vader on the Death Star that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Okay. Plausible. Plausible. It worked. It was an easy way to keep the story moving along. Yeah. Done. Now, one thing we didn't talk about was, uh, was Zeb and Chopper. And how, you know, at the early on, Zeb uh, Zeb tells Ezra that he he can never understand what Chopper is saying, and and then near the end, Chopper says something to to Zeb, and, and Zeb's like, "You're mocking me, right? I, I can never mm. tell." And and that's been slowly progressing too, because yes. Ezra was the first one, and they're like, "Wait, you you know what he's saying?" And he's like, "Yeah, don't you all?" And then Sabine was the next one to start dialoguing with Chopper more. Clearly, Hera's been doing it the whole time, and I think Kanan has too, but yeah. I feel like the other three, the kids of the family, so to speak, are discovering that, hey, this dog is more like Astro than he is anything else. It's the Scooby-Doo mm. of dogs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and Zeb decides that, you know, he, again, kind of calling back to the, the first episode of the series, um, where he leaves Ezra repeatedly. So he, he says, no, I, I came with these kids, and... You know, I, I'm make I'm leaving with them too. I will not leave until they are by my side, uh, and that's why he goes to rescue them, um, mm -hmm. you know, with with the Phantom, which is which is cool. So he, he actually ends up he does end up saving the day, and and in the process he also acquires the medical supplies. Well, he See, didn't get all of them. He, he didn't he necessarily some. save the day though. In the very end, it was Sabine that saved the day because the Inquisitors were both latched onto the ship with the Force and mm -hmm. were force-pulling it in so the gates of the hangar bay were going to lock it out. And Sabine starts shooting at their feet, forcing the fifth brother to stop. And, of course, I love the fact that the seventh sister starts chastising him. And it yep. literally, the ship, the Phantom, pulled her off her, her feet. You know, it was like, you yeah. actually saw the Force having force reactions. I was like, oh, oh, the force of the ship is more stronger than your force. That was so cool. Thing. I never thought about that. Yeah, and as soon as he let go, she went flying. And, you know, let me let me be one of those to throw out some physics here for you. I was uh, flying along in the back of my uncle's jet boat on the Columbia Gorge, and me and my cousin had our feet dangling, and he's slowly falling off. And the second he let go, I was like, don't you let go. As soon as he did, that thing flipped three times and slapped me on the ground so hard. Oh, so when wow. she went launching like that, I had a great appreciation for that moment. And I, I almost wish they would have shown her reacting to him after the fact. Like, you know, her reaching out just grabbing him and slamming him up against something or something like that because you know it was going to be a, a dark reaction from her and she oh, was yeah. not going to be happy that he let it go right. and that was something i would have loved to have been the fly on the wall for that yeah well for sure i mean i think this is not the last we will see of the inquisitors well, i'm uh, sure we're going to see them throughout the rest of the series right. they're going to pop up so how many more do you think we're going to see though well so that's the question how many inquisitors are there are there you know, are there six other sisters well, we, before her? We can Maybe some after, or is sixth in you know the seventh in line, like the seventh most powerful, not the yes. seventh, yeah. not and, number and, and seven. Do we do we know that there are one through seven? I mean, because you could say, well, well, we know that there has to be at least one through seven because she's the seventh. Well, right. what if there was only one, four, six, and and seven? You know, but here's the other thing. Yeah, Tom? Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't. But here's the thing. Let's say theoretically there could be four, and maybe that's the level they are at within the Inquisitor training. Oh. So she's kind of like at the seventh level of 
the Inquisitor training, and he's at the fifth level. Right. Mm. So think of it that way. And you could even do that either direction, too, where you right. start out with a high number and work your way towards the mastery, and right. the mastery is one. Right. right. The only one, Grand Inquisitor. Interesting. So I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, I, I, I'm very, I, I really want to learn more about the these Inquisitors. Um, they're really cool. Okay, so I, I still think the Grand Inquisitor is my favorite, but mm-hmm. the Seventh Sister is pretty cool too. We do know, you know, she she will return, right? And spoiler alert, she will not be killed by Kanan. Uh, that's one thing Dave Filoni did reveal because uh, she is voiced by um, Sarah Michelle Gellar, who is Freddie Prince Jr.'s uh, wife, yeah, and Dave Filoni promised Freddie, uh, your wife will not kill you. That's something, at least. But do not let her kill me. Or do not let me kill her, or or whatever it was. So, uh, that's the only thing Dave... We have to have balance at the house. Come on, Filoni, don't get me in hot water either way. (laughs) Okay, so here's here's another question. killing the Seventh Sister, but everything else is fair game. And, And here's another question I want to throw out there. So, we all know the Legends universe is now Legend, and we also know that Mirror Jade was an Emperor's Hand. Do you have a feeling that now the Inquisitors have replaced the quote-unquote what could have been the Emperor's Hand in now this new universe, and there is no more Emperor's Hand? Uh, so I'm not... uh, sorry, go ahead, Mark. No, no, I think to a degree that's absolutely spot on. I mean, the Emperor's Hand and the Inquisitors were almost the same thing. I would say the Emperor's Hand was kind of the second evolution of the Inquisitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the Emperor's Hands, I believe, were Inquisitors, uh, in fact. Uh, so I think, I, I don't know if we will ever see an Emperor's Hand as we saw it. I think that concept may just be gone. No. Uh, see, yeah, I, be. I want to disagree slightly. Really? So I think, okay, so let's I, hear it. So I think the Inquisitors, not that, so to be clear, I'm not sure we'll ever see the Emperor's Hand because that's a Legends thing, and I have a feeling that will probably not show up. It's too but close to Mara Jade, and they probably don't want to touch that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my headcanon, the way this works is, the Emperor's Hands are Palpatine's personal dark side servants. The Inquisitors, on the other hand, are Vader's personal servants. Mm. Mm. But wouldn't Vader be an Emperor's Hand in that sense, though? Well, it's, I mean... Or do you think, like, Palpatine's just that structured? He's like, no, you're the Sith Lord, and I can only have one of you. So over here, we're going to call you guys hands, and you guys are inquisitors. Oh, boy. Learning that they have. So Vader, of course, is a fully trained Sith, and thus is the Sith Apprentice. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, we have the Inquisitors and the Emperor's Hands, who are dark Jedi, essentially, but with different flavors. It's like Palpatine's but, got a dark side trade school, and he's like, you're the electricians, and you're the plumbers, and I won't be teaching you guys each other's trades. <laughs> now, one thing we didn't talk about was the title of the episode. Okay. Always two there are. Now, so, is that just a convenient reference to, you know, the, the Sith's rule of two, and the fact that, oh, hey, look, there's two Inquisitors in this episode? Yeah. Or is there something more to this? Like, there are only two Inquisitors, potentially. Okay, or... and that, that that's where I'm going to do the mic drop of, what was the theory I just brought up? Boom. It's yep. Inquisitor training. Wait, okay, I have another idea, though. And I think Mark will appreciate this. So I think this is, you know, so there was one Inquisitor, and they, they killed him. But if you cut off one head, two more shall take its place. Yeah, a little Hydra reference there. I like it. No, well, and the Inquisitor had said that, too, that, you know, you'd strike him down and more would replace him. Mm-hmm. So he knew about more being out there. But then that that begs the question, how many more? Yes. I, I, would, I would like to go with the theory that I just brought up, that there is really only two, and it is the level that basically assigns them their, you want to say, quote-unquote, rank. By way of the, she could be at the seventh level, he could be at the fifth level. I, I See, think I that's interesting. Take, and it also implies, it also lines up with what we thought in terms of like their strength and their power. How she is more skilled, more advanced than the fifth brother. See, I and that's why he's the bruiser. Right. I want to take it from a different angle, though. Okay, Mark. I think the only two there are, I think, okay, if it is that case that they're the last two Inquisitors, I think we'll find out what the number was. 
in that regard, they'll be like, okay, there was seven or there was eight. And these are the last two that have survived. There was only three. Uh, the Jedi wiped them out. No, or, no, no. I think Darth Vader killed the rest for not succeeding. That could be that, too. That's true. Uh, but, but I, I mean, I, I think that it's going to be something like that. That if they're the only two, I think there were more at one point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Kanan himself brings up this question at the very end, right? He says, um, he's asked, oh, did you know if there are... Why didn't didn't you tell us about these other Inquisitors? And he kind of looks shocked or puzzled or something. A little scared, yeah. 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 It's great on the character model. It's so weird, because he didn't... He he looks scared. He doesn't say a word. And and then everyone leaves, right? And then he reveals to Hera that he had no idea. Why didn't he just say it? Yeah. Like, did he feel like he had failed? I thought that entire scene felt weird to me. But, yeah. Well, how so? How so? I was just like, so they walk in, and I felt like they were being accusatory with how they were addressing Kanan. Like, mm-hmm. why didn't you tell us there were more Inquisitors? It was kind of like Luke uh, tells that to Obi-Wan in episode mm-hmm. uh, six. Why didn't you tell Right. Or three. It's five, also sorry, because five. for the okay. group, he's the right. you know it's expert on all things Jedi. So, like, why would yeah, you there's no okay, know. but wait a minute. He he's he's not the expert on all the Jedi because still there's Ahsoka. But to them yeah. at this moment, yeah. yes, that part it I can understand. Illustrates their ignorance here and and right. and how out of his. I mean, I'm expect you know Jack Shepard's moment without a paddle. I'm in over my head. I'm in over my head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that is the moment when Kanan realizes we have no idea what we're up against. You know, we thought we were up against the, you know, Empire all by ourselves and Lothal, and now we're all of a sudden in the middle of this war, and we took out one Inquisitor and two more showed up. Oh my gosh, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And that's, he kind of realizes just just how deep they're in trouble. Well, the other the other thing that probably shocked Kanan too was when Ezra brought up, right to Kanan, they knew about Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that that's, he got hit by two you know from two sides first yeah. we have these quizzers we have no idea and oh my god they know about ahsoka yeah well, so, and the and, idea that there are more i think that even if they hold one back later just the idea that there could be more out there is something that they could really toy with i mean right. you know we, we've been oh well we don't want vader to be the mustache twirling villain well by leaving that number a question mark they've got that covered <laughs> true yeah. And on top of that, it's a huge galaxy. Who's to say that there aren't more Inquisitors? It's always a question that's out there. If one of these two, if the if the fifth brother or the seventh sister were to somehow bite the dust in this season, will two more take its place to keep the quote-unquote Hydra reference? Or will <laughs> just one more show up to always keep there's always two? Well, and as an order playing forward, you know, we know what happens to the Sith. If right. these guys are, are a dark side sect of some form, do they become later, like, say, the Knights of Ren or something That's like possible. that? Yeah. That's possible. Very now, the other, thing about, the other thing about the scene that caught me that I, I alluded to earlier, I literally caught Hera holding Kanan's hand at the end. This is something to where it's been hinted a lot. What is the relationship between the two? Because she's called him dear. Yeah. You know, and and that's and this is the other thing where it's like I, I feel bad about the character Hera because they're really not using her well or developing her well because she just so, seems to be the bookmark. Let me give you some insight here because I, I, I had this epiphany the other day. Uh, at my work, I have worked with my manager for six plus years. I came to her store literally the month she got uh, manager and she ended up letting everyone else transfer to other stores. And I still remember her telling me, you know, I kept you because I, you came after I was a manager. Well, my wife and her both joked that she is my work wife. Oh, heck, and, I've had a couple. Yes. Yeah, so, so, yeah. so you understand what I'm going with this. Oh, no, no, no I know exactly where you're going through. That's where we're at with Hera. There, there, there is a work, uh, you know, husband and wife relationship there. Uh, you know, there, there's no romance, but there is affection, there is love. Right. Uh, but it's not a, a passionate love, it's not a lusting love. 
Uh, it's not a physical love. Like there is, there is, yeah, there is a physicalness to it uh, yeah. because of the the aspect of love. You know, that that those gestures that we're seeing, the hand on the back, the mm-hmm. nape of the neck, the calling uh, doll and deer and things like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she's clearly the work wife in this scenario, and and I that's how I had to wrap my head around it because I was wanting to put those two together, and everything leans that direction. And the only thing that makes sense to me is the work wife scenario. And I can live with that explanation because you brought up exactly what happens in situations like this when you work with you work with a person of the opposite sex and you do sometimes develop that kind of relationship. I can live with that if that's what they're developing within this series. Done. Explains it. Whoop whoop. Yep. Or should so, I say Mike up? <laughs> <laughs> or was it Yub Nub? So yeah, guys. Yeah. Uh, overall thoughts on this episode then? Um, I, I think we can go that way. Steven, yep. what, what did you think? So, it, so I, I did enjoy the episode. The first half felt a little bit on the slow side to me. I do know they were kind of going for that spooky, eerie Halloween type of feel, but it's not usually my jam, if you will, so that wasn't huge for me. But uh, the second half, I thought, did a much, much better job. I thought... Obviously, the Inquisitors were terrifying, and we really got to see why they were terrifying, not just like being told, like, oh, be afraid because they're Inquisitors. No, we got to see them both be active and do things. Um, and I don't know. It felt a lot like a, a solid season one episode to me. Nothing that blows my mind, but just generally really good. Um, I think I'm going to have to give it a 7.5 out of 10 Womp Rats. And, Okay. Behind the scenes, you won't hear this in Rebels Recon, but I swear it's true. So, you know those little droids that uh, the Seventh Sister has? Mm-hmm. All yep. piloted by Womp Rats. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So, seven and a half, I think, for me. Nice. Good one. William, why don't you go next? Sure. Um, so, I, I too enjoyed the episode. I, 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 I liked the, the kind of eerie vibe for sure um more importantly i I really like the introduction of both of the inquisitors and it was interesting choice to introduce them both the exact same time we we got the the fifth brother at the end of the last episode but for all intents and purposes we got to know both the inquisitors at the same time uh and i think they're really cool and i I like the dynamic and i i want to hear and and learn more about who they are and 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 what the 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 inquisitorious is and, and all that kind of stuff so um yeah, they kind of had the MacGuffin of, oh, let's go get some medical supplies. We'll see how that probably won't end up being a huge uh, factor in the long run. But uh, the episode itself was was really good. I, I enjoyed it. it solid, solid episode. I think I'll give it, uh, in a typical fashion, I'm a little bit higher than Steven. I'm going to give it eight, <laughs> uh, eight Womp Rats uh, out of ten. And, uh, you know, I think my eight Womp Rats are... They're all gonna cling to the top of the uh, of the ghost, and then when the ghost is is upside down, uh, the the ID nine droids are gonna they're gonna f- fly into the ghost, uh, grab the womp rats, and pull them out by the tails into the uh, into the airlock. Wow, that's terrifying. Interesting. Um, hey, Mark, why don't you go next? I'll go last. Alrighty then. That sounds like a plan. Uh, you know, for me, I liked it. it. It had the feel of the junior Jedi Knights or the young Jedi Knights, uh, second generation cast kind of taking center stage. Uh, you know, granted, you could argue that Ezra is the star of Rebels. I still want to say Kanan is. Uh, but I liked it for what it was. But I think because of that, because I felt like it didn't write utilize the whole cast as well as I would have liked in some of the other episodes, especially the last few for me have been solid, uh, really good. So it's kind of hard to put this one really high in that regards. Uh, you know, when I give it a high number, I want it to be, you know, Oh my God, intense. Uh, and this Mm -hmm. one, while it it did have great intensity for the season, as William said, you know, it made a great Halloween episode to have out there. I liked the, the, the angles that they played with chopper and all that stuff. Uh, I, I had to end up going with, uh, five and a half, uh, womp rats that had crawled into a clone cylinder inside the base and had died uh, once they feasted on the clone's face. Wow. Oh. Okay. Wow. Thanks for... Okay. Yeah. So that happened. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. 
Um, I I enjoyed the episode for what it was. What I really appreciate about the episode, it definitely felt like a Halloween episode with the creep factor. Because mm-hmm. uh, we do know that during the Clone Wars, they tried to play with different themes. Yeah. And the creep factor in this, with the angles of the, the droids that were around looking like mice droids, uh, like that. Um, it had its moments where it was a little slow. We've kind of discussed all that. Um but I'm going to give this episode a seven, a very solid seven. Uh, it was enjoyable. I would probably watch it again. I, um, I am going to, and I'm not going to be cruel to my Womp Rats because I literally just thought of this. I think this may be the one time I am not going to torture them. What I'm going to do is you guys know when the, the Inquisitors pull their lightsabers off their backs and when they start spinning? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, those are the seven Womp Rats inside making that blade spin. In a <laughs> oh, that's, okay. oh that's shrunk. Amazing. That's good. Shrunk, Imperial shrunk Womp Rats. I yep. like it. Now, like nanotechnology. Right. Now, I was going to say if I had the half Womp Rat in there, do you know when you see it spinning and you see that little that little separation where there's no spin? Uh-huh. That's because the half womp rat can't keep up with the other seven. <laughs> that's why you don't see it at that nice. point. So that's well, why you see it breaking the action. But I we, thought I'd give it a, a straight seven because okay. it's kind of cruel with that half one. Yeah. Well, you yeah. guys know how it works, right? Why they're called womp rats? What? And when the uh, when the inquisitors use their their shrink. Ray thingamajigger to, to to shrink the size of the womp rats. You you aim it at the womp rat. You 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 let it go and they go whoop. And the, the womp rats. Oh, William. William. Okay. William. Well, and with that, let's talk about the next episode and get out. Well, before actually yeah. speaking of cheesy connections, okay, Tom had Tom. brought something right. up. So so okay. we had talked at the beginning of the episode about how this space station was tied into the Clone Wars. And Tom, you had mentioned that it was uh, used in the brain uh, worm well, episode, it, right? It was, it was referenced in that technically I grabbed, like, again, you never trust any kind of Wikipedia articles. Trust me. Um, but it's just one of those things where that's so, where I grabbed it for the minute. So, but what was, here's my idea on, on how that might be true though. Okay. So if there was that style space station in the brain worms episode, the brain worms episode and tonight's episode, both were set around Halloween and that is your tie in to each other. I could live with that. Yeah. I know, <laughs> I know, I know this was not intentionally scheduled around Halloween it just happened that way. Hmm. Right. But it's still pretty cool. Go and keep shooting them womp rats, man. They're floating up in the air. Got all that helium pumped up there. And then, bam, (laughs) just blasted them out, man. (sighs) Trying to get them high on life. Then you just had to bring them down, didn't you? Yeah. What goes up comes down. But I I think with that note, we have to do coming up on the next Ion Cannon podcast. We're technically coming up on Rebels. It is Season 2, Episode 5, Brothers of the Broken Horn. The synopsis is trying to escape the pressure of being a Jedi. Ezra responds to a distress call with Chopper. The ship in distress belongs to none other than Hondo Anaka, who has offered Ezra something very interesting to do in the future. Imbeciles, we're pirates! We don't know what that means! Oh, God. (laughs) I love Hondo. I cannot wait for this episode. It's going to be fun to see him come in. Hondo is so great. Mm-hmm. Well, Ezra, what you got to do is take your crystal and you must convert the chamber a little bit so your blade has a nice rapier look to it. Or is it ta 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 or whatever he does. I'm looking forward to having him coming back. I really am. Oh, I love Hondo, so I cannot wait yep. for this episode. It's going to be so good. So good. Yes, it is. Okay. Brothers of the Broken Horn. And I'm very curious to know what the Broken Horn is. I thought it was the one, uh, that one Devarian character who had the Broken Horn. I thought he oh, had... Oh, the Devaronian. Yeah, he's got it with the Broken... Okay, okay. I, I mean, I, I could be wrong on that, but I thought somewhere they'd established that he was the one that was leading that syndicate. And I was like, oh, well, that makes... Okay, Broken Horn. Okay, I, I think you might be right. I forgot about that. Well, we'll find out next week on Disney XD. Check your local listings. And don't forget, you could probably watch it on the Disney XD app as well. Okay, you're right. Sorry. The, the, cause I, just, I just looked it up. The Broken Horn is the, uh, the Gonzanti class cruiser that um, Vizago pilots. So 
Yeah. And it is uh, named after his organization, the Broken Horn Syndicate. Interesting. Interesting. There you go. The Brothers of the Broken, Broken Horn work for the Zago. So, very cool. Can't wait. Yep. Looking forward to it. And with that, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. It's always fun to talk to you. It's always good to come on, you know, and I I, I love coming on because I get to actually go to events and hang out with you guys. And I feel like that's very know, true. Like, 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 and especially now you guys are all part of the Star Wars Report family. It's like you guys have been my bros all this time. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we get it. We get all I, like I'm going to have to get you guys shirts so we can all like blend together. I've already got one. Oh, by the <laughs> way, I've already got one, but you will never see me wearing one with somebody else. I do not wear matching if I can help. <laughs> so, I hate to tell you that. Well, I, have, I, I have ideas for, for personalized ones for second airborne that I think you guys would love because I want to get Whistler down at the bottom. That Whistler be the one thing that's the same. And you know how R2 always has the uh, hologram of like the death star and stuff, yeah. but it would be a hologram of each of the podcasts instead. Nice. And so everyone would have their own second airborne shirt like that. But I just, the design of it yeah, that I have in my mind, I haven't put it to pen to paper yet. Cool. Can I get a baseball cap? Yes. I'll do a baseball cap. <laughs> well, uh, Mark, thank you so much again uh, for, for joining us. It's so much fun. So Yeah. We'll have, I, have I love again soon. I love being on, and it's always great to keep your eye on Kenan. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes. And with that, we'll be back next week with Brothers of the Broken Horn. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spinoff films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncannoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in contact with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production of fans by fans and is copyright 2015.